a lot of times people don't teach on this, but it's a biblical concept, is to love your enemies. Does anybody in here have an enemy or two? Right? I'm sure most of us probably have people. Now listen, as a Christian, look at me, as a Christian, we, we should not have enemies. Okay? Now, sometimes to others, we're perceived as an enemy. Okay? And now again, I can't do a work in another person's heart, but what I can do is I can work on my own heart. I can honestly say this morning, I don't have one person that I consider to be an enemy in my life. If there was someone, it would be Satan himself. You know, get thee behind me, Satan, all right? And, it, you know, every time the devil tries to do something in my life, I just want to kick him in the teeth, all right? Uh, you know, let him sit on attack, as the kids sing, okay? So, so here's this morning, we're going to dare to love our enemies. And I want you to look this morning in 1 Samuel chapter 24, beginning in verse number 6 at our text. Look at these words. And he said unto his men, this is David, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master. Notice what he calls him, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words, and suffered them not to rise up against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way, and David also rose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. Notice those words. He stooped with his face to the ground and he bowed himself. And the Bible says here that as David did that, he says to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt. Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord hath delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave. Some bade me to kill thee, but mine eyes spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord, for he's the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in mine heart, in mine hand, and I have not sinned against thee. Yet thou huntest my soul to take it. And the Lord judged between me and thee, and the Lord avenged me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, Wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? The Lord therefore be judge, and judge between me and thee, and see and plead my cause, and deliver me out of thine hand. That's a tremendous passage here this morning, because you know what David, when he's saying these words to Saul, David is actually fulfilling what we find that Jesus said. It was actually a command of the Lord. And I want you to see the verse there in your notes in Matthew chapter 5. Look at verse 44. Let's read this verse together, all right? Here we go. Love your enemies. Come on, you reading it with me? Is it in your outline there? Okay, Matthew 5, 44. Everybody find it? Okay, right there in your outline. Let's read it together. Let's begin. 
Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I'm going to tell you, it would change this world and it would change your life if you would learn to live by Matthew 5.44. Oftentimes we get in the flesh, and I know, we think to ourselves, well, you don't understand what they did. Yeah, I, I may not, but God does. And Jesus says, look, I'm commanding you. I'm not asking. It's not a request. He says, I'm commanding you that you love your what? Enemies. Now, again, we're talking about someone here that, according to this verse, Matthew 5, they hate you. They despitefully are using you. They're persecuting you. And Jesus says, yeah, love them. Jesus said, I, I know what their heart's like. But he says, I can use you to help them to change. Do you get it this morning? Oftentimes, because we don't respond the way we should like David did. Look, all of us as believers, we're all going to be facing times in our lives where maybe we're not treated fairly or justly. Anybody ever not been treated kindly? You know, I mean, you know, to me, it's like, you know, <clears throat> this is how I am, and maybe you don't agree with this, but if somebody is working in the public sector, and especially if they're being paid by taxpayers, and I have to go in and pay for license plates or whatever, and, and, and they're treating me the way they should, then I, I, a lot of times I just want to say to them, maybe you ought to consider a different job. You know, if you're going to work with the public, you need to learn, you know, life's too short. You need to, you need to get you a job that you can enjoy, you know. Uh, it, folks, listen, we have to understand there are going to be times we're not going to be treated the way that we feel like we should. And today's lesson is, is listen, it's just a very simple three correct responses that all of us should learn to integrate into our lives to help us when people don't treat us kindly, when people don't treat us justly. Notice David's first response when this matter of Saul and Saul's trying to kill him. Notice what David did. First of all, we see David's forgiveness. And the word forgiveness or the concept of forgiveness is not a suggestion in the Bible. It's actually a command in the word of God. Look what it says in Ephesians 4. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted. Look at the words, forgiving one another and here's the example, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Everybody see the verse? Now, why should we forgive? Well, there it is right there in Ephesians 4.32. Because Christ forgave us, we should forgive others. What did Jesus forgive you of? Your sins. He gave you a home in heaven, didn't he? Listen, I don't think there's anything you're going to forgive someone of that's going to come anywhere close to Jesus forgiving you of your sins. See, it, honestly, it's, it's very simple, but it's a command. David's forgiveness towards Saul, you know what it was? It was full forgiveness. He didn't hold back part. It was complete forgiveness. David says, look, I forgive you, Saul. I, I, maybe I don't understand all of why you have this issue and this problem with, with me and that you're treating me the way you're treating me, but but I completely forgive you. Dave, that's, that was David's response. And as we forgive others, may we choose, listen, if you forgive someone, here's a great lesson. 
you forgive them, do not bring it up again. Because if you do, then that means you didn't forgive them. See, the Bible says that our sins are buried in the depths of the sea as far as the east is from west. God remembers our sin no more. So when we forgive others, we need to make sure that we are, we are not going to bring it up again. Hebrews 10, 17, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, as David forgave, how did he do it? Look at the first thing I see is David forgave Saul from the start. David didn't wait until later in his life to say, you know what, I've held on to this too long. I need to kind of come to the place where I forgive Saul. No, 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 no. He started that way. And, you know, David says, look, I want to make things right. Now, again, David can't control Saul towards him. But what David can do is he can control his heart towards Saul. Did you you hear what I said? See, we can't control others. But David determined that he was going to forgive from the start. Look at 1 Samuel there, and you know it's chapter 18 and verse 10. The Bible says, It came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even in the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. Notice that. that that's one of the problems Saul was struggling with was, you know, God had removed his spirit from Saul. And listen, it was because of Saul's disobedience. But see, now God was with David, and Saul sensed that. And the Bible says David had avoided out of his presence twice. And it says, therefore, Saul removed from him and made his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. David behaved himself, and the Bible says he behaved himself wisely in all his ways. The Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him because all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. Now, just as after David came, and we know that because David killed Goliath, and we could go back and look at that again, but David had taken that giant of a man that was blaspheming his God, David had destroyed that giant, and there would be other things that they would have to face. But this happened, remember what Saul did? Saul says, who was that young man? And the Bible says that he brought him into his house and David went home no more. In other words, he came to live with Saul. And Saul, as as David came into his house, it wasn't long before Saul became very, very jealous. You can hear it even in the passage we just read. And there were a lot of things that that were weighing on Saul's mind. You know, can I tell you this morning, if you're struggling with something, that the battleground is right here. You see, your thoughts, oftentimes what we do is we sit around and we think of things, we entertain things in our minds. And those thoughts become actions. And so Saul's sitting there and in his mind, he just, he's, he's just starting to get angrier and angrier about David. And he, and he reaches over and he grabs a javelin to take David's life. He hurls this javelin at David, and the Bible says that David avoided out of his presence, not once, but twice. Look, David was mindful of Saul. He knew what was 
going on in Saul's mind and because he was seeing the fruit of that. But listen, you know what David did was David chose to forgive Saul from the start. By doing that, here's what David, in a sense, was doing. David decided that he was going to leave the judgment on Saul up to God. Did you hear that? See, we should not take matters into our own hands. We need to make sure that we let God handle those situations. That's what David chose to do here. He knew that God would take care of it. He also knew what the Bible says. Look at Romans 14, 12. It's a verse that all of us need to take to heart this morning. So then every one of us shall give what? Count of himself to who? You know you're going to stand before the Lord someday? Saul was going to stand before God someday. David was going to stand before the Lord someday. I told some of the men yesterday on the way back, I think we, we, we studied the entire Bible on the way back from the trip. I think, I think we covered the entire Word of God. I mean, we, we talked about everything. And I was telling the guys <laughs> in some of our conversation that all of us are going to stand. And, and listen, if you're a man here this morning, especially if, you're, if you have a family, you will stand before God for yourself as a man. You will also stand before God and give an account for the family God's given to you. The wife will not do that. God's going to hold the man responsible for the family. I told the men, I said, on top of that, as a pastor, I'm going to stand before the Lord and give an account of the flock that God's allowed me to pastor. That's why a lot of times people think, Pastor, you're a little overboard. Listen, the Bible tells me that God's given me the oversight. In other words, a shepherd watches the sheep, not because he wants to nip at their heels, not because he wants to control their lives. It's because he's responsible to God for them. Do you get that this morning? It's so important that you understand. Listen, I, I, would, I would be thrilled if I had a pastor that cared about me that when I wasn't there, that he would say, hey, listen, I missed you. Is everything okay? That's not him checking up on you. It, understand, he's going to stand before the Lord someday and give an, give an account. And David knew this. David knew that in his heart, God could take care of, of Saul. And look, at God hasn't called any one of us, you or me or anyone else, God has not called us to be a Christian so that we could be the judge, the jury, and the executioner for other people. That's not our, that's not our responsibility. Leave it to the Lord. We need to be like David. We need to let go and let God have his way in a, in a person's life. And that's what David was doing with Saul. And we, we realized, listen, here's a very important lesson this morning. Every one of us are sinners. And the, the difference between us and those that are lost is we're saved by the grace of God. So you know what that means? We're imperfect. There's flaws in all of us. And when you and I realize that we are imperfect and we're sinful people, it is far easier for us when we realize who we are to forgive others just like David forgave Saul. See, David forgave Saul from the start. He didn't wait until later. But then notice also, David forgave Saul from the heart. The Bible says out of the heart comes the issues of life. Look in your notes here in chapter 19 of 1 Samuel. The Bible says there was war again. David went out he fought with the Philistines, slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. The evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. And as he sat in his house and his javelin in his hand, David played with his hand, and Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin, and he slipped away 
out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. Now, even though, again, Saul's trying to take his life, Saul's state. Yes, sir. Yeah, if you, and again, I don't have the time this morning, but if you just go back a couple chapters, it's because of the disobedience, you know, that they were supposed to go in and they were supposed to annihilate all the enemy. Right. And, and, and remember Samuel says, wait a minute, what's the bleeding of those sheep? And remember what he said? He says, well, you know, the people, they, he started to do the blame game. He started to throw it onto the people. Well, listen, everything rises and falls on leadership. So as a result of his disobedience, by the way, that's the same account that you find in the garden, Adam and Eve. They, God placed them in the garden and said, you can have anything you want. It's always because of man's disobedience. So what happened was is, is that the Lord brought this evil spirit upon Saul and that the spirit that God had given to him departed from him. And of course, that's when he, they went. Remember, when he anointed David, it wasn't this big, huge public ceremony because there was going to be a waiting time because Saul was still the king at this particular, and that's where we're at today. So I don't know if that kind of helps you to bring you up. Yeah, so that's what transpired, you know, by man's disobedience, okay, and that's what Saul did. So the, 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 the result here is that as Saul tried it once again to take David's life, I mean, there was no doubt he wanted to kill him. Would you say that by Saul's actions that he was an enemy of David? Absolutely, right? I mean, friends, last time I checked, friends don't pick up a javelin and try to stick you to the wall with it, right? But here's what we find is, is that even though Saul was trying to do that, listen, David forgave Saul from the heart. Now you say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because if you read on, here's what you find is, just like God does for us, David gave Saul another chance. That means David's heart was right with God. Do you see that David was really living the command of Jesus? He was loving his enemy. I mean, this man was trying to kill him on more than one occasion. And so what does David do? David gives him another chance. He was loving his enemy. David knew. Have you ever been around someone, and you know this to be true, that they did something, and as they say in the world today, boy, he or she, they blew it. How many of you, you know what I'm talking about? Whatever it was they did, boy, they blew it, all right? Can, can you understand this morning that when Saul was trying to do to David what he was trying to do to David, that in David's mind, David probably thought Saul blew it. But as a result of that, David still went back to him again. And I thought to myself, I wonder sometimes in my life, how do I treat people in my life that have blown it? Because certainly Saul did. I mean, where would we be in our lives today if it was not that God was willing to extend his mercy to us over and over and over again? I mean, the grace and the mercy of God. I mean, folks, listen, I think all of us have been saved long enough to know what we deserve. It's called hell. 
but because of God's love for us. Listen, here's what the Bible says. While we were yet, what? Sinners. Clearly, the Bible tells us that we were enemies with God. There's a word that the Bible uses. It's the word enmity. Listen, we were not friends with God. We were enemies. Do I believe that Saul was saved? I, I have at times thought, yes. You certainly cannot bear it on what's going on afterwards, but I've known a lot of saved people to start acting that way after they're saved. Do you believe? I mean, the only thing I can go on is this, what the scriptures clearly say, and then sometimes, you know, the Bible does say, by their fruit, you shall know them, and certainly, I'm going to mention it here in just a minute, but oftentimes we're, we're, we're bad about judging a book by its cover. You know, you, I think you have to look at a person's entire life instead of looking at one particular instance. Now, <laughs> there was many more than one instance with Saul. But um, I've known a lot of Christians get very bitter in their lives. That if you didn't know them earlier on and you met them later in life, you would think, that person's not saved. My first pastorate, I actually thought many of the people in the church, now again, I was only there for one year, but I thought to myself, many of those people in the church, because the only thing I had to go on, the only reference point was the year that I was there. In my heart, I thought, I don't even know if these people are saved by their actions. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the whole thing with Saul was just a trial of David mm-hmm. who was the head. Yep. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think that God God allowed that. And a lot, and again, I think uh, to me when I look at the whole situation of Saul is is that I think that Saul actually could have been helped because of the way David treated him. See, I think a lot of times God just wants to use us to help other people. Do you know that that, that was God's intent for Israel all along is that Israel would be able to help the Gentiles and the rest of the world to come to know Christ as their Savior. Now it's hard to believe now because we're living where we're living and we understand that because of their unbelief the gospel has gone forth to the Gentile nations but you're going to see in the message this morning that God's not finished with Israel. So again a lot of times I don't know if people really see that they understand that but you know, when you, you look at this situation, listen, God has forgiven us. Has he not? How many of you are forgiven this morning? So, you know, watch this. If you're forgiven, what are you supposed to do? Forgive others. Okay. So one of the, one of the principles that we can learn from David's life today is we need to learn to forgive. And let me remind you before I move on, forgiveness is not a suggestion. It's a command. You know what that means? No option. If you're a child of God, you, do, you cannot say, well, I might, or someday. Do what David did. Forgive from the start. 
and forgive from your heart. That's what he did. But not only did David forgive Saul, but look at the second thing. I think this is tremendous. De Notice David's respectfulness. I mean, we live in a world today, there is so little respect in the world today. Does, am I the only one that that bothers you? I mean, it just, it's amazing. And I'm not just talking young people. I'm talking just about every day of my life, I run into people who are so disrespectful. I mean, people don't hold the doors for anybody anymore. People don't say yes, sir, and no, sir, anymore. <laughs> we, we, we stopped at, you know, we were traveling, and we stopped at a rest stop, and we got out, and we're, we're traveling in both the church vans. And we went inside and, and, you know, got something to drink and went to the restroom. We came out, and we were getting ready, and all the guys were standing there. Next thing I know, one of the guys says, hey, uh, pastor, this lady wants to talk to you. And I turned, I didn't even see her walk up. She walked up, and she was talking to us, and and she's trying to, to plead her case that she's, you know, hard on luck. And, she, and here's what she said. And you can ask any of the men that were standing there. She needed $25 so that she could get a bus ticket. Is that what she said, Brother Bob? $25 to get a bus ticket. She says, if you can just help me. She had a little, little bitty cart that she had a little suitcase on. She was pulling it. And no doubt, you know, it looked like maybe she had probably been down on her luck. I don't know. But you know, the sad reality is, is that a lot of people, they, they, they'll abuse and they'll play on people's goodwills. And it's isn't it interesting that she chose to come over to two church vans. And so when she came over, I, I just said to her, I said, ma'am, we're traveling down the road. I says, it, you know, we're, we're actually getting ready to get back in the van. I said, but, but wait a minute. And so I started to ask all the men. I said, does anybody want to chip in? to where we can buy her a, a, a bus ticket. And I, I already, I mean, I went to like three guys. Everybody's taking money out. And we were gonna, we'd have had $25, $50 or more. And I, I had a handful of money. I turned around and a couple of the guys said, she's gone. I said, what do you mean she's gone? They said, she got mad and took off. And I'm like, what? You know, folks, listen, we have to learn like David even when it comes to our enemies, that we have to learn to be respectful towards them. And I want you to think about this because David, David respected the authority that God placed over him. And you know, this is the world we live in today, is people do not respect authority. How many of you have authority in your life? Okay, if your hand wasn't up, if you work a job, you have authority in your life. If you are a citizen, of this country, you have authority in your life. If you are a Christian, you have authority in your life. If you are a child of a parent, and I believe everybody in here is, you have authority in your life. And you know what David was toward his enemy that was his authority in his life? David was respectful to him. Well, how was David respectful to Saul? Notice two ways. His words were respectful. If you look again, how David acknowledged, listen, when he talked about Saul, here's what he called him, his master. He also called him the Lord's anointed. And in the use of this phrase, and by the way, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. This wasn't David's words. He called him the anointed of the Lord. Sounds to me like, 
David was respectful. David was well aware that God, listen, here's the key. God had put Saul in the position that he was in. You know, listen, I know there are people that are not happy about who's sitting in the Oval Office right now. But the last time I checked, whether you agree or disagree, God is the one that sets up kings and God's the one that removes them. You say, I've never seen that before. Well, it's in your Bible. That's why we need to know the Word of God. See, David, David understood. God put Saul in his position. Look at, look at the verse there in your notes. Two verses, Psalm 75. Promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He put it down one and setteth up another. See, God was in control, and David knew it. And so because God was in control, David respected, watch this, David respected God's choice. And a lot of times, you know what we are? We're armchair quarterbacks. You know, we're sitting there watching the football game and, and we're yelling at the TV because if I was playing the game, I would have done that differently. Well, you're not playing the game, right? God put Saul in that position. You didn't. You might have picked somebody different. But, but listen, it was God's choice. God allowed Saul. Listen, you ever thought about this? Why did God mess with Saul? Why didn't God just start with David? Do you think that God knew that Saul was going to do what he did? Yes or no? Does God know everything? But God let Saul be the king before David. Do you get that? I mean, it brings up a whole lot of things. Because again, it gave David an opportunity to grow. Like what Brother Wally said, God allows things to happen. So look, what do we do when people are, are, are you know, if they're treating us as an enemy, they're unkind to us, they're, they're not respectful to us. Well, our words can be respectful towards them. And then notice another thing that was respectful was his actions. David came upon Saul. We just read the passage this morning. Saul was, was sleeping like a little bitty baby in the cave. We went, uh, we went to that men's retreat. I've never seen this before, ever, ever, ever. In the opening assembly, Brother Greg, in the men's retreat, the, the guy who was helped running the camp, he holds up two packages of earplugs. And he says, we have made these available to any guys because... You just might end up in a cabin tonight next to somebody that's going to cut about six cords of wood. And if you want to get a good night's sleep, you can help yourself and grab a pair of these, these, these earplugs. And I thought, I've been on these before, you know. And so I, I grabbed me a pair, you know. Brother Guslet grabbed like half the bag. <laughs> now, he was giving them out to everybody. So, so when we got to, the, to our sleeping quarters uh, Friday night, there were already people in there, and they were already going to town. You know, they were going to town. And so, you know, I thought, I'm going to put these in. And so I put them in, and I was, I was sitting there, and I was sleeping. I could still hear. Now, it was muffled, but I could still hear. I went to sleep. Next morning, I got up, and they were talking about it. And Brother Kenny said, he goes, I woke up at 1 o'clock. He says, I'm telling you, it was like a concert. He said, there were people going at it. And I said, yeah, I said, I could hear it. I said, man, they were, people were snoring. And Brother Kenny turned around and he goes, Pastor. <laughs> he says, Pastor, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But you, you were one of those culprits, you know. And I, I was like, what? No way. I mean, 
I don't, you know. And I, I mean, I told you when we started this morning, I've got some kind of something with my throat. I don't know if it's allergies or whatever it is. And uh, that's my excuse. That, that's why I snored. I mean, I don't know. But I, was, I guess I was going at it too, but uh, we, we survived. But, you know, here's Saul. Saul's sleeping in a cave. Look, David could have taken the opportunity to take Saul's life. I mean, Saul was, he was asleep. David could have taken his life. And watch this. On top of that, all of David's mighty men, they're like, there he is, David. This is your chance to get rid of this guy. I mean, do you like when he picks up the javelin and tries to kill you? So why not? Look, look, and watch this. They even were trying to justify. Is it ever just to take a life? So here they are. They're like, David, look, this guy's trying to... But remember, to David... He understood God put that man, he was an authority figure in David's life. David says, look, I'm not going to raise my hand against God's anointed. What a great lesson. Now, what I'm about to say, listen, it's not about me. This is something God helped me with years ago as a Christian, all right? Is that when God puts authority figures in our lives, listen, even pastors were human. I know you find this hard to believe, but pastors make mistakes too. Pastors snore. Okay? But understand that when God puts authority in our lives, we need to be careful about trying to take things into our own hands because it's a dangerous thing to raise your hand against. Look, Scripture tells us to recognize the sovereignty of God in whom he places in positions of power. Look at two verses in your, in your Bible that that have helped me in Romans chapter number 13. Look at the first verse there in that chapter. Let every soul be subject unto what? Higher powers. Now notice the rest of the verse. There is no power but of God. See, God's the one that creates. God's the one that sets up. The powers that be are ordained of who? God. Now look at that same chapter. Go down six verses to verse number seven. Render therefore... To all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. You know what David was doing? David was honoring Saul. You know, in my life, that's all I, look, I understand, even as a pastor of a church, guess what? I am foolish to believe that everybody in here right now agrees with everything that I I say or do. People are always going to disagree. And guess what? I've had times when I didn't agree with everything my pastor did either. But you know what I always have done? I've always honored and respected the authority God places. Because, listen, it's a Bible principle. So David, look, David was forgiving towards his enemy, and David was respectful towards the authority. If you want to please God, then you need to respect authority. You know what that means? That guy that turns those lights on on top of his car and pulls you over, they don't pull over people that are not breaking the law. And so don't dare insult them by saying, why did you pull me over? Because listen, I'm going to tell you something. Police officers have plenty to do. They don't just go around pulling people over just to pull people over. So you know what my daddy taught me a long time ago? If you get pulled over by a police officer, you better say yes, sir, and no, sir. You know? And, and don't create a situation with the authority there. Look, authority may, may not always be right, 
But God commands us to respect the position and to honor that position. Are you with me this morning? Okay. Now listen, again, there, we have to live peaceable in this world that we live in. And David had a peace in his heart. You know why? Because he forgave Saul. David respected Saul. But then notice thirdly, we see David's forbearance. The word forbear means politely or patiently restrain yourself, restraining an impulse to do something. I mean, certainly David could have done something. But look at Colossians 3. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, even so, look at this, do ye. Ephesians 4, 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in what? In love. See, God's answer, when conflict comes into our lives, God's answer for that conflict, two words. The first one is forbearing, and the other one is the first thing we looked at this morning, forgiving. To forbear them, to patiently restrain ourselves, the impulse to do something. So notice I can't think of a greater example to illustrate this than the Lord Jesus himself. Notice, first of all, Christ's exhortation is clear. Remember, we read Matthew 5.44 this morning, but look at these verses that go along with it in your notes. Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, and bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. But if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be therefore perfect or mature, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So David was forbearing towards Saul. In other words, David didn't take matters into his own hands. He followed the exhortation, the example of the Lord Jesus Christ to do that. Look at the Bible says in Romans 12. Dearly beloved, is that saved people it's talking to? Look at the words now. Avenge not yourselves. Don't take matters into your own hands. Don't give place. Look at this. He says, rather give place unto wrath for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with what? With good. See, Christians should allow God to take care of things, and that's what David was doing. So notice, I not only see Christ's exhortation, but secondly, I see his example is something that is consistent. Remember what Jesus said when he was on the cross? There were seven sayings that he said, but one of those was, Father, forgive them. He was, listen, he had been brutally beaten. The crown of thorns was pressed into his brow. Jesus was hanging there for all to see the shame of the crucifixion, and Jesus looked up to his Father and said, forgive them. I, I can't get over that, folks. I never will. That Jesus could say that. Jesus lived a life of forbearance. I mean, look, we know what the songwriter wrote. He could have called 10,000 angels, right, to take him away. But just like David with Saul, he was forbearing towards 
this world. Listen, in our lives, we need to be just like Jesus and like David. We need to be willing to surrender to whatever it is. David surrendered in this situation. As Christians, we should ask God, what is, there, what is it in my life, Lord, that you would want me to die to? Now think about this. Are you willing to forbear when somebody is not kind to you? When somebody's rude towards you? The whole reason that David did, and by the way, we ought to see this from the Word of God, is, is that God's work and God's purpose continued to go forth. That's what happens in our lives. See, if we put up a fight then the work of God stops right there. But if we let God handle things, then we see the work of God go forward. See, we'll all have enemies. The Bible says, Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. But the question this morning is this, is will we respond biblically to our enemies? Are you going to respond by forgiving them, by respecting them, by forbearing them, And listen, all of those things, the forgiving, the respect, the forbearance, none of those come natural to our nature. Look, when you think about Jesus and what he did, here's what he said, that when we forbear people, we forgive people, you know what we're doing? We're pointing people to him. And Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Here it is. Here's, Here's the litmus test. He says, if ye have love one toward another. So listen, look at me. I dare you to love your enemies. See, I'm daring you, but Jesus is commanding you. All right. And that's what we need to keep in mind. Uh, Brother Munoz, Mrs. Munoz, happy anniversary to you guys. Let's wish them a happy anniversary. All right. You are dismissed. We'll get started.